Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Ah, thinking about gas mileage. You know, changing your oil with a full synthetic oil like Castrol Edge can help your engine get more miles. Right now, you can get five quarts with an STP Extended Life oil filter for only $36.99. Get started on your next job today with the parts you need when you need them at AutoZone or AutoZone.com. Get in zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time and range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. It's time for Rush Hour with Danny Burke, presented by Bet Rivers. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome in to Rush Hour, presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host, live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook here in Des Plaines, Illinois. Obviously, the Sports Betting Network, and tonight got a good one to look forward to. Wes Reynolds haven't had Wes on in quite some time, fellow Vison host. He'll be joining us to take a look at the NBA action tonight, some series prices, and a look ahead to the action throughout the rest of the week on the Hardwood Plus. We'll take a look at the hockey postseason game tonight as well as a preview of VGK in Colorado. Can VGK get it done? Well, we'll ask Wes. He's out there in Sin City, so we'll see his thoughts on that matchup, plus the Bruins and Islanders tonight. And throughout the show, we'll go with some props that I have with tonight's matchup between the Suns and the Nuggets. And don't forget about baseball. Derek Carty, Beeson's baseball analyst and contributes to ESPN, Roto-Grinders, and much more. He'll be giving us his thoughts on the four late games throughout the Diamond later tonight. But like we typically tend to do, we try to get you the biggest headlines of the day, even though, you know, we're on a little bit later. But uh, in terms of how it affects betting, and we wanted to go into the postseason with the NBA and some injury news that has been official, and starting with the Atlanta Hawks, looks like DeAndre Hunter is going to be out 
before the postseason. So a big blow to this Atlanta team that, yes, they were missing him already as of this point. And this is a team that has dealt with adversity in terms of missing players and still have sufficed up to this point. However, you know, when you're going up against a team like the Sixers who have a solid front court, you're going to want a guy like Hunter who can help in those type of areas. Now, it's not going to be an overall devastating blow in the sense that it alters your mind completely about the series. But nevertheless, still a pretty important body that is going to be missed against this Philadelphia team. And, you know, just looking at how this next game's kind of stacking out and whatnot, uh, currently the Hawks are catching one and a half. The line did open two in favor of Philly, so now it's come down a little bit in favor of Atlanta at home for game three. Total at about 224 and a half. Updated series price, though. Remember, we played the Sixers minus 118, assuming they're going to win that game too. And, of course, naturally the series. And this bumped up now to Philadelphia minus 250. On the series price, Atlanta catching 2-1 to one odds. But some big news for the Hawks there. Hunter out for the postseason. And then in terms of other injury news, how about James Harden with the Nets? Looks like he will be out once again for Game 3. Does this concern you against Milwaukee? Well, you've seen what they've done so far. Uh, game 1, they won 115-107. No James Harden. I mean, he played what? Like one possession. And then Game 2 without him, they won 125-86. to 86. I get it, desperation mode for Milwaukee, coming back home. This one opened Milwaukee, minus 3.5. Now they're up to minus 4, also minus 180 on the money line, plus 150 on the other side for Brooklyn. Total at about 234.5. Look, it, it's not really kind of making me leery by any sense of the imagination, considering, again, this team is so deep. They've been clicking right now. Milwaukee is a team that I've been touting is overrated this whole year. I'm not saying that for this game in particular, but in terms of looking forward for this series, I think Brooklyn will just be fine. So just wanted to throw that out there still in terms of handicapping game three. No James Harden in that spot. But speaking of the NBA, we haven't updated this in a while, so let's kind of take a gander at some of those NBA Finals MVP odds because there's still some discrepancies with betting certain teams and their odds to win the championship versus a certain player to win Finals MVP. And Kevin Durant is now the favorite, plus 170 to win Finals MVP. Donovan Mitchell, who's been on fire, he is plus 550. Joel Embiid, plus 750. Kawhi Leonard, 9-1. to Harden Booker 12 to 1, Rudy Gobert 14 to 1, Giannis Antetokounmpo 16 to 1, Irving 18 to 1, Chris Paul 25 to 1, the regular season MVP Jokic at 50 to 1 along with Paul George, and then you get Trey Young at 60 to 1. Now a couple things that stand out. First, Kevin Durant plus 170, too short of a shot for me to want to play it. However, if you want to play that the Nets are going to win the championship. Well, they're plus 110 to win the championship, and if you have confidence KD is going to be the MVP if they win, bet him plus 170. You're getting 60 cents better rather than doing the plus 110 to win the championship. However, I've been pretty adamant about James Harden and JVT, Vincent senior NBA analyst, same kind of inclination. That, you know, if you had to go with the value, it would be Harden, but maybe this injury concerns you a little bit. However, you are getting better value on him now, 12 to 1. And then how about the Jazz? They're 3 to 1 to win the championship. Mitchell plus 550. It's going to have to be Mitchell, you got to think, if they get to that point. Joel Embiid plus 750. Sixers 7 to 1 to win the championship. But the one I like, if you think the Suns can get there, Chris Paul at 25 to 1. Remember, this guy got two regular season MVP votes, and the Suns are 8 to 1 to win the championship. Chris Paul was in that conversation for a while for regular season MVP. And look at that value at 25 to 1. Not too shabby for finals MVP. 
Once again, welcome into the show, Rush Hour, presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host here on VCD Sports Betting Network, live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Wes Reynolds will be joining us in five minutes, talking hoops, talking hockey. Then we got Derek Carty to talk some baseball in 45 minutes or so. And as we started out the show, going over some of the headlines throughout the association, uh, James Harden going to be missing game three. DeAndre Hunter for the Hawks, out for the postseason. And then we moved into the NBA Finals MVP odds considerations. And look, the one that could have the best value, if you think they can get there, Chris Paul on the Suns, 25-1. to 1. Now the Suns are 8-1 to 1 to win the championship. And remember and consider this, Chris Paul got two regular season MVP votes. Would kind of be the right narrative if it was Chris Paul, if the Suns are able to get to that spot and win it. So don't be afraid to look at that value with Chris Paul at 25-1. to 1. But all right, let's get into some official plays. And of course, we'll hit on this a little bit later in the show. But I wanted to throw one out to you, or out to you right now in terms of baseball. We got a winner with the White Sox last night against the Southpaw. Chicago got the job done. Well, I'm thinking they bounce back once again and win a couple in a row tonight against the Blue Jays because the White Sox open minus 138 in this spot. Quickly got bet up. Now they're all the way up to minus 157. Big movement for the Southsiders. Total at about eight here. That dipped from eight and a half. But again, White Sox, they beat the Blue Jays last night six to one. And Alex Manoa, he's going to be taking the bump for Toronto, and he only has 9.1 innings pitched so far this season. His debut was on the road against the Yankees. Great performance, six innings pitched, only two hits allowed, no earned runs, two walks, and seven Ks. But then in his second outing, a little bit shakier. Against the Marlins, only 3.1 innings pitched, four hits, four earned runs, three, three of them were home runs, three walks, and five Ks. Now you're getting Lance Lynn on the bump for the White Sox, who's been outstanding. Seven and one, 1.23 ERA, and I know we always kind of knock this. His XFIP is higher, 4.08, but he's got a solid whip of 0.92. So Lance Lynn you got to trust over Manoa, in my opinion, at this point. Again, like we touted yesterday, the bullpens are virtually even when it comes to ERA. Last 15 days versus righties, though, Blue Jays have been favorable against the righties. Uh, 8.16 OPS, fourth best in the big leagues. White Sox, 7.53 OPS, which is seventh best. Throw all that out, just going down to it with the pitching matchup. Lance Lynn is the tough veteran to get out in this spot, and there's been big movement to the White Sox. I think they roll it back. They run it back, get the dub. I played minus 153 with Chicago, again up to minus 157. It's getting kind of steep, but that looks to be the sharp play here with the Chicago White Sox going against the Blue Jays. And I'm liking the momentum that the White Sox have. Yesterday was a huge game, very low scoring. Then the White Sox bats finally came alive, I believe it was in the eighth inning. Yeah, bottom of the eighth, they tacked on about five, six runs. So the White Sox got the job done there. I think they're going to roll that momentum in here. But no, I can't really trust him to go too deep, I wouldn't think, especially if Chicago gets out to him early enough. Tough environment. You know, guaranteed rates get rowdy at this point. And the White Sox bats, if they can correlate what they did toward the end of the game into this one, I like Chicago in this spot. So minus 153 is what I laid up to minus 157. Still think it's a good look, even at that price with the Southsiders. But, of course, like we said, we'll get into more baseball throughout the show. Derek Carty, if you're not familiar with his work, you can go to Beeson.com slash subscribe, get a hold of the daily newsletter, and you get his analysis written up on some of the top trends, umpires, weathers, everything that kind of fits the bill to give you those little angles in terms of handicapping baseball. We'll have him on in 45 minutes, get a little bit deeper into the slate tonight with baseball. 
like we said, we're also fortunate enough to talk with Wes Reynolds, fellow VEASAN host, who you can follow along on Twitter, at Wes Reynolds 1. And we're going to be talking some hoops and some hockey with our man. And Wes, thanks as always for hopping on. Let's go ahead and preview this game tonight with the Suns and the Nuggets. Now, we've seen some movement with both the spread and the total because Phoenix opened up at 6 came down as far as a five-point favorite. Now at Bet Rivers, they're laying five and a half. But even more movement has been with the total, 221 up to 224 and a half. How do you think this game goes down in game two with this momentum maybe swinging to Phoenix? Right, Danny, and good to be with you here on Rush Hour. And if you look, I think it's no real surprise that Denver is getting the money here in game two because everybody's going to want to go ahead and bet the uh, – the zigzag theory, and you're certainly seeing that. And plus, you have the MVP factor. Nikola Jokic officially declared the MVP of the NBA this season. So you're getting a little bit of that, that I think, betting pattern to kind of follow that a little bit. I'm only on the Suns free series at minus 195, and I have no reason to get off of it now. The total, like you said, is going over because what we saw from Phoenix is very balanced scoring. It wasn't like the elimination game where Devin Booker put up 47 against the Lakers. You really had a balance. All five starters were in double figures, including Bridges, including Jay Crowder, including Ayton, and, of course, Booker and Paul. And Chris Paul gave you a big scoring number, which he really hasn't done this playoffs because he's not only been battling the shoulder, but he basically just steers the offense. They haven't really needed him to score when you have Booker and Ayton, but he put up 21 points. So, you're really seeing Denver, I think, have a difficulty in the backcourt in terms of guarding the Sun because Denver very shorthanded. Now, Will Barton looks like he's going to try to give it a go tonight, but hamstring injury, you usually don't come back and play full minutes. So I wouldn't expect that out of Barton because you look at Denver's backcourt without Murray and they've been without Barton and they've been without P.J. Dozier, they don't have a lot of depth there. They have Tom Pazzo, they have Rivers, and then they have Monty Morris, who comes off the bench, who's really probably their best scorer and also their best defender of the three. Campazzo and Rivers really not known for their defense, so I think that they've had a tough time guarding Phoenix. They had a tough time guarding Portland, even though they got by that series in six games. So I understand why the movement is really going to the Denver side, but I'm just not sure how, how this is going to be. And we were talking about that. Earlier on decent on the Lombardi line, Brady Cannon and I, in terms of like the Jokic prop, I didn't really know how to attack these because if you look at what Jokic did in game one, he had 22 points, but on 23 shots. It, I think it's only happened a handful of times this year where Jokic has had more shots than points. DeAndre Ayton did a really good job on him. But you wonder now that Jokic is the MVP, how is this going to be? How is the whistle going to be from the rest? Is he going to kind of get that? star calls, if you will, the, uh, the Jordan rules, if you want to call it, where the stars get the calls. So I'll be interested to see how that plays out tonight. So that's why I stayed away from Jokic prop. Yeah, I, I was kind of with you, too. I mean, you know, you would assume that he bounces back in this spot, Wes, because we're so accustomed to him just being a dominant force. But against the Suns, the most he had, even counting the regular season, was 29. And we saw his prop at about 29 and a half. And as you alluded to, DeAndre Ayton has been an absolute stud this postseason and did a pretty solid job against Jokic in game one. So I'm curious to see how we get the performance from the MVP as well. 
And you, you mentioned that you laid minus 190 or so with Phoenix to win the series. Now they're minus $4. The Nuggets at 3-1 to one if you think they come back. And we also have some of these exact the prices because what I did uh, pre-series, West, I laid the 1.5 on the series spread with Phoenix thinking, you know, they either sweep, win in 5 or 6. If you think they still sweep, it's plus 450. If you think the Suns win in 5, it's plus 250. If you think they win in 6, plus 425. Game goes to 7, and the Suns win 4-1. to one. Anything you would maybe dabble with there in terms of value, or are you just going to pretty much stick with your pre-series bet of minus 190 to just win it outright? I'm likely sticking with what I have, Danny, but I think if you're not involved, probably the best route to go if you don't want to lay that big dollar price would be to go with the exact margin prop in terms of nuggets and five, nuggets and six, and maybe split it half and half. Uh, I, I'm not I'm not positive this is going to go seven. And when I played this series, I thought the Nuggets, or excuse me, the Suns really were going to win in six games. And I still kind of maintain that a little bit. I just, I, I, I think Chris Paul getting three days off after that Lakers series was good for his shoulder. He's certainly not going to give you the scoring every single time that he gave you in game one with 21 points. But he's been as valuable. He's not the MVP. Jokic is the deserved MVP. But I think Chris Paul has been as valuable as anybody to his team in the league. This was a team that I know showed some life in the bubble, but they still didn't make the playoffs last year. And all of a sudden, you got a guard like Paul that's taken a team that didn't even make the playoffs last year to the number two seed in the Western Conference. And they were in that number one spot for a decent part of the season. So probably where I would be looking if you're looking for value after game one, I'd go Suns and five, Suns and six. All right, Wes, let's go ahead and take a look at a matchup tomorrow with the Nets and the Bucks. Some news we were talking about to start things out. James Harden is going to be out for game three. And in the spread, we see the Nets now up to a four-point road dog. 234.5 is where we see this total. Is this maybe one of those spots like game two, you know, the market moved toward Milwaukee, and then you look at Brooklyn, you're like, okay, is this too good to be true because the line's moving toward Milwaukee? Maybe they are due. And now you're seeing them catching four with the same roster they've had virtually in game one and game two. Is this almost like you have to take the fourth Brooklyn, or do you truly believe that this is a must-win for Milwaukee so that's a side you would kind of lean toward? I think it's a little bit toward the latter, and this is a series unlike the one that we just talked about. I don't have a lot of confidence in because I did bet this before too. I took the Bucks plus one and a half games on a spread in the series at like minus a dollar thirty. I think of, I think it was actually a dollar thirty three. But that's what I went ahead and and did this year. And after game one, I wasn't feeling that bad about it. It was just the first game. But then when you saw that debacle in the second game, I don't know where to go from here, Danny. I got to think that the Bucks are going to shoot better. They were fourteen of fifty seven combined in games one and two so that's 29 percent you have Giannis who of course is way down from what we saw in the regular season against the Brooklyn Nets where he averaged 39 points he's only averaging 26 on 62 percent shooting from the field they don't have an offensive rating of 100 when he's on the court and I want to see what Mike Budenholzer is going to do in terms of the tactics here because I think they're using Giannis a little bit too much as a ball handler against pick and roll. And I know Draymond Green, who's doing game analysis on TNT in the studio, kind of pointed that out. He's handling the ball too much. They need to use him as the screen and roll man necessarily more than they do the ball handler to be able to get him isolated one-on-one on a defender because when he's the ball handler, nobody's going to check him one-on-one, but they can get help on defense 
and force him to make a play and force him to be a ball distributor or force him to take a bad shot. And that's really what they've been doing so far. And it's just amazing because the Brooklyn Nets, like the Milwaukee Bucks, have their own issues on defense. You would like to think that the Bucks' issues are kind of fixable, but they didn't really show it through two games. I got to think they at least get one. I'm basically just in a holding pattern in terms of taking the game and a half that I already have at minus $1.33. What I may actually look at a little bit here would be the over because these games have actually gone under pretty dramatically in the first two games. And I think it was 239.5 was where it opened in game one, and then it closed there at game one. Never really even sniffed that. And then only 221 points in the second game. So probably where I would be looking is the total at over 234, just assuming, okay, Brooklyn is going to keep their offense going, even without James Harden, because they not only have KD and Kyrie, they also have Joe Harris, who I think has been a real key to this series. He's the best three-point percentage guy in all of the NBA. So you got to think that they're going to get theirs offensively. And I have to think that Milwaukee just is going to at least have positive regression to the mean to shoot that poorly as they have from three-point range. All right, Wes, a few minutes left. How about the Clippers and the Jazz? I know you got some interest in terms of this series price. At Bet Rivers, at least, we're seeing the Clippers catching plus 170. Utah minus 210. The spread for the next game, Utah a three-point favorite, total at 221. Do you see some value here with the Clippers potentially? I do, and I think you could really play this a couple ways, Danny. You can go with that exact spread margin, depending on your shop, where you're getting the Clippers plus one and a half games. I think it's around like plus 120-ish, plus 125 last I checked. Or you can get involved and go ahead and take plus 180. And I made the comment after the game last night. I go, I think now is the time to jump in on the Clippers for the series. You had Paul George go 4-17 from the floor. Marcus Morris didn't shoot very well from three. Kawhi really didn't have a great game. And then Donovan Mitchell scored 45 points on 30 shots, 16-30. And yet the Clippers only lost by three. Now, Ty Lue did make some questionable moves. You didn't have Nick Batum in there down the stretch. You had maybe a little bit too much Zubach, even though I think Zubach is a little bit more useful in this series, unlike the series against Dallas where he really got annihilated in pick-and-roll situations with Luka Doncic, and that's why Ty Lue put him and Pat Beverly on the bench and went with this small lineup. So I am going to be on the Clippers, though, for the series. I think plus 180, plus 175 is a pretty fair price. And the Clippers, really, if you look at it, even though they had that lead at halftime, that was just the adrenaline from being off of Game 7 that really kicked in for these guys. Because if you look, when a team wins Game 7 and then has to play Game 1 in the next series, that team only wins about 40% of the time straight up. And you saw Utah being part of that 60% and adding to it last night with the victory. All right, Wes, we got about 30 seconds really quick. Bruins and Islanders, do you think the Islanders seal the deal tonight? I kind of do, but if you're going to bet the Bruins, don't bet them on the game six. Bet them on the series price of plus 170 and at least try to give yourself some equity for game seven. That means at least you get some options to make some money and perhaps hedge out of it. Great tip. Yep. Very good angle to look at, especially because if you're going to Game 7 at home, getting some momentum, better price, and, of course, get even hedge if need be. So great advice, per usual, from our man Wes Reynolds. You can follow along on Twitter at Wes Reynolds one Wes, appreciate you taking some time, my man. Best of luck with those series bets, hockey bets, and much more, and we'll catch up soon. You bet, Danny. Thanks for having me.
Alrighty, Wes Reynolds, there he is, liking the Clippers against the Jazz for a little bit of value. Again, plus 170 is what we're seeing at Bet Rivers for the Clippers to come back and win the series. And look, that's the reason why we stayed away from that game last night, because you had the Clippers coming off a seven-game series, whereas Utah very rested. So when we were talking about it with Mitch Lawrence, especially in game ones in general, I don't really like to touch. But in this one specifically with so many of those outlying factors that contribute to how they're going to perform in game one. But he's right. I mean, Paul George shot poorly. Kawhi Leonard didn't even really get going. And just the Jazz were shooting so many threes, which the Clippers have been poor at defending. But, hey, Clippers could come back, and there's some good value with them. But we did touch on hockey a little bit with Wes. Let's give you our thoughts next on that Bruins and Islanders matchup, plus BGK, BGK and Colorado. We'll talk about that coming up next. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You know, watch Creighton. They fight, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, gonna, not the not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, just I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of those. And then never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t why are you telling me? The whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. 
out of all odds with Bet Rivers. Daily hometown discounts on boots on all of your favorite teams only at your hometown sportsbook. And to make your experience even more rewarding, Bet Rivers offers the most live streams of major sports, instant payouts, and only one-time playthrough. Offer valid in Illinois only, must be 21 or older. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program. To get a hold of the daily hometown discount, check it out, betrivers.com. Back at it here on Rush Hour. All a part of Easton, the Sports Betting Network. We are live out of the Bet River Sportsbook. I'm Danny Burke, your host. Thanks for tuning in. Big thanks to Wes Reynolds as well. Joining us, talking some series prizes and just game-by-game -game basis with the NBA postseason. And a quick teaser for tonight's matchup on the ice. And Wes had a good point. Look, if you think that the Bruins are going to win this game, instead of laying the minus 139, which is where we're seeing them right now at Bet Rivers, Look for them just on the series price because you're going to get plus money for it and you can always hedge off potentially when it comes to game seven. And honestly, if you're winning game six, you know, it's kind of hard to look the other way in terms of, you know, momentum winning game six and you're going back home. So a lot of things kind of go your way in that type of situation. So a good point by Wes, if you want to look with these NHL series prices, uh, currently just to get the exact one, the Bruins are plus 165 to win this series. Islanders minus $2, but again, uh, that's a little bit better than laying about minus 138, 139 in terms of the Bruins tonight. But of course, if you want to take it by game by game basis, I'm not going to, you know, yell at you one way or the other, but I think that's just a little bit better play value wise. And look, honestly, I wouldn't want to lay the minus 139 necessarily because I kind of lean toward the Islanders in this game. Now, there's been slight movement toward Boston, minus 135 up to minus 139. Total at about five. It has gone up to five and a half in some spots. Seldom, but it has. Uh, the five at Bet Rivers is shaded to the over, minus 136. The under, you're catching plus 115. Islanders are plus 120 on the money line. Now, look, when you're looking at these two goalies, Varlamov, he's been solid this year. I mean, 3 1 0, 2.32 goals against average, and a 93% save percentage. Then when you look at Rask, what he's done, uh, 2 2 and 0, 2.62 goals against average, and a 91 save percentage. So I kind of like, you know, speaking of momentum, the Islanders have it coming into this matchup. And I just, I, and I get the movements going through Boston, but, you know, I'm not going to be playing this one officially, but I do think the play here would be with the home team and the Islanders who are catching some of that plus money. Now, is Boston the better team overall, more experience, all of that? Yes. Probably, but you know, you take it game by game, you take it series by series, and I think the Islanders have been a little bit more solid as of late. So I like the momentum with the Islanders. That's the only direction I would go if I were playing this game, or do what Wes said if I really wanted to bet the Bruins, bet them to win the series at plus 165. In terms of this total, I get why it's lower at five because it's the elimination game kind of factor, but you know, it has gone to the over in three out of five games so far this series. And if you're betting over five, of course, worst case scenario, too, if it gets there, you push, right? I mean, worst case, worst case scenario is you lose. But uh, instead of getting the hook, five would be a decent play to go to the over. You are laying minus 136. And that seems to be the direction of the market as well, looking for the over between the Bruins and Islanders. So no official play for myself, but would look over five and would look Islanders at about plus 120, if anything. Now, unfortunately, last night, uh, it looked like we were shaping out to be pretty well with our Colorado Avalanche bet. 2-0 going into the third period, and then VGK quickly ties it up. And look, they say 2-0 lead most dangerous in hockey, which unfortunately comes true a lot. 
But even so that they tied it up 2-2, two two, I mean, the fact that Colorado didn't win that game is just bewildering to me. I mean, they had so many great opportunities, so many solid looks, and Fleury just played his butt off, and Colorado just couldn't get it through the pipes. Now, for this next game in Game 6 in Sin City, we see Vegas opening up minus 140 pretty much right there still, minus 139 to be exact at Bet Rivers, Colorado's plus 120. This total at five and a half, shaded to the under, minus 125, overs plus 107. You know, I mean, so it wasn't the worst loss in the sense that, hey, if Vegas gets past Colorado, I'm feeling great about my ticket on them to win the Stanley Cup at nine to one. They're down to about plus 125, plus 150, if I'm not mistaken. So this Vegas team, this is the biggest hump you would assume in the road. Now, anything can happen throughout the remainder of the playoffs, but Colorado, everybody was already like, oh, after the second game, you know, Colorado's cruising. Colorado's a top team. They've been the short shot for so long. The momentum has turned. The tide has turned, and Vegas has all this momentum now in this series. I'm probably not going to be touching game six, hoping, of course, VGK wins. And look, you know, if you want to do kind of the same thing, maybe you bet Colorado to win the series. But they are getting plus money in this game as well. So plus 120, not too shabby. But hard to imagine them losing back-to-back -back games at home in that Game 7 setting. But, of course, we'll handicap that one tomorrow as well. well. Let's focus again on tonight's action. Some props between the Suns and the Nuggets. I got three plays coming your way. I'll let you know what they are next here on Rush Hour. For you on VEASAN.com, every day we're posting the latest betting splits on every game in the major sports with current odds and what percentage of bets and money are being placed on each game. You can check this info daily to find out which games are seeing the most tickets written and if that matches the money coming in on those games to help you find the best betting edge. And of course, we have all the odds, data, and analysis for every single game as well. So go ahead, start your next sports bet all at VSIN.com. It is VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back into Rush Hour, presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host, live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook here in Des Plaines, Illinois, at the Rivers Casino. Still to come, Derek Carty, VEASAN baseball contributor, does a great job with fantasy baseball handicapping and just really giving you all the unique trends and analysis and insight to help you really just aid in the best way for baseball. I mean, like I was saying earlier, subscribe to the newsletter because he kind of goes very in-depth with all the different angles you wouldn't even consider. So we'll get into that with him at about 15 minutes or so. But before we do that, like we typically do in this segment, let's get you some props coming your way for the NBA game tonight with the Suns and the Nuggets. Phoenix laying five on the hook currently, what we're seeing on the spread. Also minus 225 on the money line. The Nuggets catching plus 180, total at 224 and a half. Big movement toward the over, 221 now up to 224 and a half. Spread open six, got down as low as five, but now you're seeing it five and a half. Look, I get that you would assume the Nuggets keep this one close, but I just can't trust betting them right now. I mean, this Phoenix team is just doing so well. I mean, they're clicking together at the right spot, and Barton being back, yeah, that's probably going to be a big acquisition 
but you know MPJ was questionable. Assuming we're assuming he's going to be in the game, but even still, he didn't have that great of a performance game one and in the past series per se, from what we were accustomed to seeing in the regular season. So it would be Suns or nothing for me. But again, I'm going to be taking the route of some of these props. And let's start with the big man once again. Got us a dub the other night. Let's look at another angle with him. DeAndre Ayton to record a double-double. The yes is minus one and a quarter. The no minus 104, courtesy of Bet Rivers. Now, he's recorded a double-double. And -double four out of four games, he's played against the Nuggets this whole year. Game one, he had 20 points and 10 rebounds. Back in January, he had 17 points, 13 rebounds. The night before, 27 and 13 rebounds. And then at the earliest on New Year's Day, 22 and 11 rebounds. So four out of four games against the Nuggets, he has recorded a double-double. Plus, he's recorded one in his last five out of seven games overall. He's averaging 17 points per game and about 12 rebounds per contest against Denver. Now, you could just look to go to his rebound, rebounds prop, but it's at 10.5 in the over. You're only getting plus 104. So instead of taking that small plus price to go over, you could give yourself one less you need. And, you know, I'm assuming you're already going to get him to at least 10 points because his points prop is 15.5 and, and all you need is 10. It's not ideal, per se, to lay the yes price for a double-double, but I think if he gets it tonight, this one will keep getting higher and higher, and you'll see the dominance he presents not only this postseason, but against the Nuggets. So I lay the minus 125 for the yes that DeAndre Ayton records another double-double. All right, so that's the first bet we got underway for the Nuggets and the Suns. Let's look at another guy that got us a dub the other night. How about Aaron Gordon? 12.5 points scored is where his prop is at tonight. Minus 106 to the over, under minus 121 is a slight favorite. Now, 11.5 is where we saw it at Monday night, and he cruised and got 18 points in that game one performance. And the other sample size we had against Phoenix was when he played with the Magic. I think his last game was against Phoenix, dropped 13 points. But you look at what he's done this postseason. He's averaging 13.3 points per game in the playoffs, and he's gone over 12.5 in six out of seven games so far. Now, again, it's only been adjusted one point, and he hasn't fallen on 12. I mean, anything could happen. It's so volatile, I understand. But when you look at his shot selection, why it's favorable, because 52% of his shot attempts are coming at the rim this postseason. He's connecting on 56% of them. Suns are allowing opponents to get about 39% of their shot, up, uh, shot attempts up at the rim this postseason compared to 33% in the regular season. Now, they're also allowing teams to make just 60%. That's compared to 65%, but you got to remember... During the regular season, that was the, where they defended the worst, was at the rim. Now, DeAndre Ayton, you know he's going to be preoccupied with Nikola Jokic, and Aaron Gordon could have some more opportunities freed up, and you kind of saw that happen in game one. And he went 0-3 from beyond the arc, and he's usually good for making about one or two per game. So the fact that it only adjusted one point over, and the under is the favorite, I think you go back and take the over here with Aaron Gordon at 12.5, and, and that's what I did. So I played Aaron Gordon over 12.5 points, at minus 106, thinking and hoping he can take advantage of the weakest part of the Suns' defense, which has been defending the rim. Now, speaking of the Suns, let's go to a different angle, not necessarily a prop, but in terms of the total. Now, of course, you know, full discrepancy. I mean, you know, this number has moved a lot, and it was part of the reason I took it. And again, if you're not subscribed, go to vcin.com slash subscribe, because in the daily newsletter, in the emails, you get a hold of the best bets page, and this is where you can get a hold of the you know, the bets that I put out earlier in the day when I'm getting the better number at it because I went with the team total for the Suns. 113.5 is where it was posted at Bet Rivers. The over was minus 122. The under was minus 106. Pretty much everywhere else had 114.5. And, 
And even besides the fact that I was getting the better number with 113 and a half, I think it's a good angle for this Suns team because now you're seeing it as high as 115 and a half at Bet Rivers. But remember, they dropped 122 points in the first game. And they've in the Nuggets, when you looked what they did against the Blazers, uh, they allowed the Blazers to go over this mark in five out of six games. And again, you know, the, the Suns only went over it once against the Nuggets during the regular season, but that was way back then. And Jamal Murray, of course, certainly in the mix. But overall, the Suns are averaging 116.5 points per game versus the Nuggets this year and at home. Plus, the Nuggets on the road are allowing opponents to score 116.5 points per game. Suns also went over this mark of 113.5, the number I got it at, in the last 12 out of 16 games in the regular season. You look at what the Suns have done offensively. Regular season, they put up 117.7 points per 100 possessions. That was sixth best in the association. Postseason, it's come down a little bit. But you have to consider that's because they played a great defensive team in Los Angeles to start things off. So there are 115 points per 100 possessions in this postseason. But defensively with the Nuggets, regular season, 112.5 points per 100 possessions, which was 11th in the NBA. But this postseason, 125 points per 100 possessions defensively for this Denver Nuggets team. Every road postseason game thus far, Nuggets have allowed their opponent to go over the mark of 113.5. And, and again, this total has moved also 221 up to 224.5. So I like the angle of the Suns with their team total over 113.5. Again, I get it. The numbers moved to minus, to minus, or excuse me, to 115. And the over still shaded that direction. And I'm not going to really advocate for going over once it's a two-point difference. You know how nitpicky I can be in the NBA is in terms of just how valuable these points can be. So that's not going to be a strong kind of, you know, push for me for you to do that. But if you could still get a solid number like that or maybe even in-game it at some of these shops, over 113.5 is the angle I looked at for team total. Aaron Gordon over 12.5 points. And DeAndre Ayton to record a double-double. Along with that, we're playing the White Sox. And speaking of baseball, Derek Carty coming up next to give us more baseball plays here on Rush Hour. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. 
Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Get the most out of all odds with Bet Rivers. Daily hometown discounts on boosts on all of your favorite teams, only at your hometown sportsbook. And to make your experience even more rewarding, Bet Rivers offers the most live streams of major sports, instant payouts, and only one-time playthrough. Offer valid in Illinois only. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program. Daily hometown discounts. Remember, check them all out. BetRivers.com. Wrapping up another edition of the show, which is Rush Hour. All along here on VCD Sports Betting Network, I am Danny Burst. Burke, broadcasting live out of the Bet River Sportsbook. Messing up my own name here. That's because we got a big man in our midst here to talk some baseball. Derek Cardi, ladies and gentlemen, who you can follow along on Twitter at Derek Cardi. Contributes to VCD ESPN Roto Grinders, and he does a great job with fantasy and baseball, as well as just general handicapping. So, Derek, Let's get right into it, my friend. Let's start with Minnesota and New York. The Yankees getting a nice dub over the Twins last night, 8-4. to four. And tonight, big favorites with Garrett Cole taking the bump, minus 195. Minnesota plus 165, total at about 8.5. Any angle you're seeking out in this matchup? Yeah, I think the Twins' money line is probably about the best bet you can make tonight, at least in terms of game-game uh, level bets. The Yankees have been kind of underrated of late. Like, I feel like people are really kind of down on this offense and not believing in, in their ability to win the division this year at this point. But there's a lot of value on the Twins. You see that a lot when there's an ace on the mound like Garrett Cole. You know, people don't want to bet against an ace because they know the Yankees are more likely to win than not with a pitcher like Garrett Cole on the mound. But the chances of them winning are going to be lower than the odds indicate. So even though the Twins are you know, more likely to, to lose than win here, I think the value on this bet when they do win is, is definitely better than, than what the odds are crediting them for. And if you want to play up the you know, sticky substance angle, you know, we saw Garrett Cole's spin rates go way down in his last start. And small sample size, you know, there were potentially some anomalous spin rates in there, everything else. Um, but it's possible that Garrett Cole is, you know, going to be a little worse than, you know, we're used to Garrett Cole being going forward. So 
you throw in that probability. And so I think the Twins are really a pretty strong bet tonight. Yeah, and I think that's kind of, you know, a unique angle to look at, too, which I was going to consider after he made headways with all, you know, the stuff on your fingers, with pitching, and a lot of pitchers were assuming do it, but especially because Garrett Cole was the headliner with it. We'll be fascinating to see how the Twins come out, and there is some value, like you said, compared to Lane, minus 195. Twins are getting at plus 165. Again, the total we're seeing at about 8.5. Anything you touch there with the total, it looked like it opened 8. Now it's ticked up to 8.5. Anything worth betting on that side of things? Um, not really on this one. I, I think, I think the total is pretty fair. I don't really see positive expected value on either side of it. I'd, I'd leave that alone. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and check out this next matchup that on the South side here of Chicago, got the White Sox and the Blue Jays. Chicago went up for minus 138. Now they're minus 157. This total at eight and a half. Manoa in his third start here, uh, he's going to be opposing Lance Lynn, and Lynn has been really solid. His XFIP is a little bit higher, 4.08, but he's getting the job done at the end of the day. And again, the White Sox, the big favorite here, minus 157. They got the job done yesterday against the Blue Jays. Do you think they run it back and do it again? Again, kind of like the Yankees, I think they're more likely to win than lose, but I think the odds are skewed too far in their direction. You know, like you said, Lynn, even though the ERA is really good, the XFIP not quite as good this year. The last couple starts, the leash has not been as long as it normally is for him. And uh, Alec Manoa on the on the Blue Jays side is a pretty promising young pitcher. And then you look at the, the White Sox lineup tonight, like, it's really not imposing. You know, Yerman Mercedes is sitting out. We have Jake Lamb hitting second. The entire back of the lineup is just garbage. Adam Eaton, Andrew Vaughn, Lurie Garcia, Nick Madrigal. Like, this is just, there. yeah, there's potent bats in this lineup, but there's lots of holes also. I don't think that uh, the market has this one quite right. I would, I would bet the Jays' side if I was hitting this. Okay, and the Blue Jays, you could get it about plus 133. Remember that total, 8.5, shaded to the under, minus 115. It's going to be an interesting pitching matchup. Manoa had a great start in his debut against the Yankees, and then he faltered against the Marlins, now getting a chance to go against his probably weaker White Sox batting lineup. Uh, speaking of weak lineups as of late here, Derek, how about the Cardinals and the Indians? Look, St. Louis has been kind of a train wreck as of late. They lost 10-1 to 1 last night. However, speaking of movements in the market, it's been going towards St. Louis with the grizzled vet Adam Wainwright. Uh, we see the Cardinals at home minus 130, the Indians plus 112. Total open to 8.5, drop down to 8. Is this finally a spot where you can back St. Louis, or do you almost have to fade them and take the value with the Indians? I think you have to fade him and take the value with the Indians, depending on the line you can find. I've seen it everywhere from even money to I think the best line I've seen for them is, is plus 123 about 10 minutes ago. Um, so if you can get it closer to that, you know, 120 number, I feel more confident hitting the Indians here. The Cardinals, I've been expecting regression for them. Like I didn't think they were going to be anything special coming into the year. I've been expecting the regression since the, you know, the hot start and, and we're starting to see it. J.C. Mejia is is not really like a name brand prospect, but he is a guy who has done well at every level he's uh, he's performed at. My projection system really thinks he's a you know a pretty solid pitcher, an above average pitcher. And Adam Wainwright for for I don't know however long he's been around, however long he's been putting up solid ERAs, like he's just not good. He's old now. He's not good. It's a lot of smoke and mirrors. We've seen you know in his last. Last handful of starts, he's had a couple of really rough ones, and uh, that's kind of who he is at this point. Like he's not, 
he's not a great pitcher. Yeah, I think he kind of described it perfectly. A lot of smoke and mirrors with Wainwright. I mean, ERA 4.19, not terrible. XFIP 4.11 is, you know, okay for what, you know, how old Wainwright is as of this point. But, again, the Cardinals, like you said, due for some regression is what a lot of people were expecting, and we've seen just that. Do you think St. Louis picks it up at some point? Because being a Cubs fan here, I'm always accustomed to them figuring it out at some point, whether it's, you know, just a constant stream of success or in the latter half of the season, they find themselves in the race for the NL Central. The Cubs are hot. They just took two out of three against the Padres. The Brewers, I don't fully trust offensively. How do you think this NL Central stacks up among each other? Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Cardinals be a sub-500 team the rest of the way. Like, I'm really just not not overly optimistic about them. I think the Brewers are the team to beat here. Their, their pitching is just incredible. They have three of the top 15 best pitchers in baseball, two of the, two of the top five. And uh, this offense, especially as it gets healthier, is, is better than people think it is. Yeah, that's fair. And again, I mean, that pitching is just outstanding. But, I, you know, personally, I just need to see that offense come through for me to fully trust them. But I'm with you, though. That pitching is tough to beat, and that's what it's going to come down to at the end of the season. So uh, Cardinals sub-500, though, that'll be interesting to see. The Cubs fan in me doesn't hate that. <laughs> Derek, before we let you go, though, let's talk about this Angels and Royals matchup. Royals have lost their last four consecutive games. They're catching plus 128 on the road tonight against the Angels, who have finally found some life. Angels minus 148, total at nine. Canning versus Keller. Who do you like in this one? I like the Royals. Like you said, they're they're on that losing streak, and I think the market has overcorrected for that. You know, trends, trends, streaks, that type of thing generally has no predictive value whatsoever. And so I'm happy to take a little bit of extra value on the Royals money line if you can get it around 135, 140, somewhere in that area. The Angels without Mike Trout. They're they're just a bad bad offense, and uh, I you know the the money line odds for the Royals you know implies that they have maybe like a forty percent chance to win tonight. But I think this is a little bit closer to a coin flip than those odds indicate. We have comparable pitchers, neither are great. We have comparable offenses, neither are great. Um, and and you're getting the the odds on the Royals, so I think that's that's where the the value lies. Yeah, these two teams seem like both are really hard to trust in general for me, especially the Angels. But you're right. I mean, this seems more like a coin flip type of matchup based on the pitching matchup, especially with Canning and Keller. And, you know, with that being said, Derek, I mean, this Angels team, you know, what can we expect out of them for the rest of the season? Because, again, like I said, I can't trust them. I've been staying away from them. What do you think their season's going to end up being? I mean, you want to root for them because of how fun Otani is. But... You know, especially without Trout, like this, this offense is really is really not good. I wouldn't be surprised if they're a sub 500 team or hovering around 500 the rest of the way. You know, how quickly they can get Trout back is going to be important because he just does so much for them. But uh, again, it's not a team I'm I'm overly optimistic about. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that one. Sub 500 sounds about right for this Angels team. Hey, Derek, we appreciate you taking some time as always, my man. Keep up the great work, and we'll look forward to catching up again soon. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. At Derek Cardi is where you can follow him along on Twitter, giving you great insight all around the diamond. And not only that, you can subscribe to Beeson, Beeson.com slash subscribe and get the newsletter, daily best bets, and his baseball write-ups every single day. Gives you all the different and kind of unique trends and analysis insight, whether it's weather, umpires, pitching matchup, all that good stuff. He's got you covered, Beeson.com 
slash subscribe. All right, now that we're wrapping up another edition of Rush Hour, let's go ahead and kind of recap the plays that we have so far uh, tonight, and really not even so far, just the ones that we do have tonight. And, you know, I know Derek said he's going the other way, not a fan of the Blue Jays lineup, but, hey, I got to back the Chicago squad here. The White Sox on the money line, I laid minus 153. Not necessarily an ideal price, of course, to lay that much. But I like the pitching matchup here with Lynn, who may be due for a little bit of regression, but the momentum, in my opinion, going with the White Sox here. Manoa, only nine innings pitched. Going to be a tough matchup on the road against this White Sox squad. So going with the White Sox on the money line. Then in terms of basketball tonight with the Suns and the Nuggets, we got a dub on Monday with Aaron Gordon over 11.5. Going to be riding it again, except now it's 12.5. Still think that's a good price. If he goes over it again, then assume it just keeps getting higher and higher. So Aaron, Go uh, Aaron Gordon over 12.5 points. Suns team total over 113.5. I know that's adjusted. So 115.5, probably stay away. But I do think if you could get the better number, 113.5 is what I played. And then DeAndre Ayton to record a double-double. He's done it in all four games against the Nuggets so far this year. Let's make it five. All right, that's going to wrap it up for another edition of Rush Hour. Thanks for tuning in. Best of luck with your bets. We'll catch up again tomorrow. that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Smart journalism, fascinating topics, words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. 